Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Yeah, g'day rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast where we rub down everything NRL Supercoach Draft. You're listening to the Supercoach Black Book, Part 3. I'm your host Natty, and with me as always, riding shotgun in the rub is the stats wizard himself, Walker the Weasel, and back again is our boy, the Rugby League Guru. Guru, what's going on, mate? Not so much, boys. Happy to be back. I actually uh, I sat down on the computer earlier and I uh, I typed in NR and the, the the thing that came up was NRL Supercoach stats. So that's a good sign that we are heading to the right part of the year, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, I fucking oh live on that website. Yeah, and and it's going to start to be um, updated with fucking stats and stats galore. Do we know if anyone's doing any stats for the trials that are coming up this weekend? There is, there's some guys on Twitter that are going to do it. I think it's Worldwide Fantasy Club or something like that. Um, forgive me if I've gotten that wrong, but they're going to be doing the, the well, a rough super coach stats for, uh, or fantasy stats for the trials, which is going to be good. I'll be stealing all of, the, all of that and talking about that on the podcast, no doubt. I guess it's just like the minutes and stuff that I'm a bit interested in and um, how teams line up. So I'll be watching each of those games very closely. Fucking oath. All right, boys, let's um, crack them if you got them, because I'm thirsty. Walker, what's on the menu? Cooking wine, top shelf wine, whiskey, beer, what are we doing? Nah, mate, I've got a nice little atomic pale ale. Um, oh, thanks, to, thanks to our good mates at Gage Brews. How good? Shout out, shout out. What about you, Guru? Are you on the uh, Keith Keith Urbans or what? Mate, I'm not tonight. I've actually uh, I've got a pretty big weekend ahead of me, so I'm uh, I'm trying to play it a bit straighty 180 here, going down to Adelaide, uh, <laughs> city of churches where all dreams come true for a wedding. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be taking it easy. I'll, I'll let you two uh, sit in the front seat tonight. We will be. I'm to be honest, I'm a little bit hungover from last night's podcast, Booker. The CT <laughs> podcast really took it out of me. Oh, it just kept going and going. There's just too many, too many players. Too Mate, there's to too about. fucking many of them in there. Yeah, it's probably the most flush position for sure. Even even taking into account to us. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, I had to stop the podcast halfway through and and gear up and go get more beer. That's how bad it was. 
slurring go. and carrying on towards the end of it. It was classic. Well, I had to take over. That's how bad it was. <laughs> it actually, that's how it Walker had to take the lead on the podcast. I was a dribbling mess. Good God. I oh, know. I oh, know. Bottom of the barrel. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, boys. Um, look, if you're new to the Black Book, it's pretty simple. We're just vibing teams out for their Supercoach output for 2022. We talk about uh, whether they're going to improve on last season or are going to shit the bed. Uh, talk about some guys coming off contract, some stacking options, and, of course, we're going to talk about some lads you want to put in your black book. So these are the guys that are going to be really good value towards the back end of your draft. So what have we got on tonight? We've got the Cowboys, the Eels, the Panthers, and Bunny. So some contentious things to talk about here. I mean... Once we get to the bunnies, it's going to be 45 minutes on Campbell Graham. So this podcast could be a three-hour stint, I reckon. With about 40 seconds on the Cowboys. Can't wait. (laughs) Well, let's just fucking rip the Band-Aid off and get straight into the Cowboys. So 15th overall for scoring, um, Supercoach-wise, in 2021. I don't really see. If anything, it'll be 16th after 2022. Uh, They've got the fifth best uh, strength of schedule for finals, around 21-24. I don't think it matters that much because no one's picking anyone from their side. They uh, gained Chad Townsend, Peter Hiku, and JTB. Off contract, nothing really to write home about here. Uh, Helam Lukey, Mitch Dunn. Yeah, nothing really excites me here. Uh, Guru, anything to add before we move on? <laughs> yeah, no, I've uh, I've obviously been really big on Ruben Cotter as I've spoken to you guys a few times about it. Um, I'm getting more and more worried that it could be Mitch Dunn uh, in the 13 okay. jersey. Um, and the thing with Mitch Dunn is that if he plays 13, I think he's got enough of the skill set to actually hold on to that jersey. Um, so if you're in a situation that I'm in where your draft is before you get to watch two or three trials, mate, it, it, Cotter and Dunn, they, you know, d- d- depending on who's the loser out of the two of them, they could really screw each other over there. Um, as keen as I've been on Ruben Cotter, I think, I, I think he's got the potential to be a bit of a trap. And I mean, that's assuming in the first place that Todd Payton does actually move Jason Taumalolo. I'm hoping he does. I think he will. But Mitch Dunn's also got the potential to sort of screw over Cotter at 13. So the one guy that I was interested in, uh, fuck, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm willing to take that punt until I see a trial. Hopefully Cotter comes out in the All-Stars game on Saturday night and absolutely kills it. That would make things very interesting up there. Yeah, mm. interesting. Mitch Dunn, uh, you're pretty big on Mitch Dunn, aren't you, Walker? Yeah, mate. He's he's gone pretty well on, on the edge and moving to the centre. He's got a, a, a fair bit of like ball skills and things like that. So he does add a dimension um, rather than having the three forwards at the at the back. So look, I I I'd be looking at Mitch Dunn if if we know that he's um, going to get a run. But look, you'd be getting him for nothing, which is yeah. which is pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah. But it's just too rough. So. Look, there's not there's not much to write home about here. Um, Chad Townsend's a bit of a bit of a pickup. Um, Peter Hiku's a bit of a pickup. Both of them along in the tooth though. So, look, it's 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 a bit of a shit show, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I would say with P- Peter Hiku, he's one to keep an eye on. I had him last year, and whilst he's not scoring he- heaps highly, um, I think he averages about 31 base stats. Um, so yeah, you could probably do solid. worse than him. Uh, but in saying that, there's games where he has 31 base stats and he scores 33. Can I ask you, Val Holmes, playing centre, um, I think it's bad for him, but I think people will be scared off Val Holmes. I think he could get him 
late in your draft and fuck it could be you like there's definitely worse guys you could get at that time I mean if you can get him later there is going to be some value I'm not confident he plays center all year I wouldn't be shocked if he does move to fullback at some point and if you can get him later than what you usually do and he ends up playing fullback later in the season there could be a bit of value there in Val yeah we talked about him in the CTW podcast uh, it's really interesting. Obviously, whispers are that you know Peyton's given him the the license to roam, and that's the, the buzzword at the moment. You know, in the twenty twenty two preseason, is oh he's he's given a license to roam, and that's all well and good. And I hope that we do see that with him playing both sides of the field and not being pigeonholed in that left edge. Um, and you're right, if you know people are sleeping on him because he's moved to the center um, and they think his output's going to be down for the year, you will get value out of him. We also talked about maybe. Murray Tuolangi being a little bit of a smoky as well now that Val is going to be inside him. Great finisher, scored the vast majority of the Cowboys' tries. Now, I'm not not expecting the Cowboys to be scoring all the tries in the world, but if they are going to be scoring points, I feel like it's going to be down that left. They're predominantly strong on that left edge, and I feel like Muzza outside Val, that could be a nice little smoky there for your black book. He almost never scored a try without scoring two last season. It was yeah. um, he was very very quality. Um, He's a double merchant. He loves. He, it. he, he loves is. It is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really looking at too many. Um, what do you think about value for like Tonalolo? Because if you're coming coming into the season off a of 55 average. I just think where you're going to have to draft him because of his name, I just don't think mm. it'll be worth it for me. I. Honestly, I'm not sure where I would draft Tamalolo that I'd be confident I'm getting value. I think I'd be nervous the entire fucking time, to be honest with you. I just... what If you get him round four, is that value? I'm, I'm... I, think, I think round four is... That, that's the peak of where I get him. Um, look, the, the one thing we've got to take into account is with the rule changes, um, they're obviously doing the review of adding positions to players part of the way through the season. He's obviously one of the bigger candidates for that. What to yeah, 100%. to grab front row forward as well to, to grab to grab front row forward yeah 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 no that's a fair shout yeah you you you'd almost bet your dick that he, he's going to be one of them wouldn't you mm, yeah and I think um look he, they do it three times in the season or two yeah. or two times in the season so yeah I think he it could be a quick and easy pickup to get that but like you said it's the name that you're going to be paying for isn't it yeah exactly and yeah fuck I just makes me nervous. Yeah, no, I'm not even looking at him. Um, even in value wise, uh, I, I think, I think that fifty, I think sixty is probably the best he'll do. Uh, his PPM is up to shit at the moment. I, I think they're going to underutilize him again. I think they'll just be rotating him in that front row position. And we know, I mean, history speaks for itself. With you know the big boppers in the Cowboys for the last three or four years, they've rotated those big boppers quite often and not given them enough minutes. So mm. my hopes aren't high for Jason Tombalolo. And yeah, round four, there's going to be so much value value in round four because if you look at yeah. the guys that you could take in, in round three, there's, there's 20, 25 blokes that could probably fit in that round three, which means there's going to be an overflow, a spill-on effect into round four. And that's when you're going to pick up some great value because, I mean, they can't, they not, can't all go in round three. And look, the Todd Payton factor can't be understated. He could he could put Tom Lolo off the bench at <laughs> parts of the season. You just don't know. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, he's a worry. Um, 
Oh, well, boys, is there anything else to talk about? I'm not really... There's no stacks here for value oh, plays. Um, yeah, like th- those back rowers in Mitch Dunn, Helam Lurkey, they're okay. I don't mind Mazatul only, like I said. Um, not big on Scott Drinkwater. Hammer, Guru, what's your thoughts on the Hammer? Yeah, it just doesn't do enough for me. Uh, I just can't trust him. There's there's one more guy that I think is worth keeping. He's probably a black book guy. Um, it's Nanai, the second rower. Now, you guys have got him in your second row at the moment. Oh, sorry, on the bench, which I think is probably a good shout. But he's a guy that uh, he has got a heap of attacking upside. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does land in the spec in the second row, especially if Mitch Dunn does end up playing 13. 100%. Um, yeah. He's a guy that uh, reportedly the Dolphins are after. I think there's a lot of teams that are after this guy. Very talented. I always talk about Highland Lukey on my podcast, and I have Cowboy fans constantly messaging me going, nah, nah, like this, this Nanai bloke, he's the guy. He's the better one. So, I mean, if you have a look at his stats from last year, Pretty impressive. Um, played four game, only played four games, but played minutes of forty-two for a fifty-two point score. He had a try in that. To be fair, um, he played sixty-nine minutes, came up with sixty-eight points. He had an eighty-minute performance of, of forty-four, pretty much solely off base. So, uh, with his attacking upside, you're probably not looking at a sixty-point guy, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's a fifty-fifty-five minute uh, point sort of guy. In saying that. He averaged 49 last year from his 54 minutes, included one try from four games. And um, I think in the modern game, that could sort of be your average for a guy like this because he has got attacking upside. So if you see in the trials, it looks like he could start. Um, definitely one to keep an eye on. He, he could be a little smoky for you. Ooh, Black Book. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Is he just 2RF eligible? I believe so, yes. He, he was 2RF last year, so I would assume that's all he would be, yeah. Okay. Perfect. And yeah, like you said, someone that you can pick up really late that, you know, could make it onto your, your starting 13 at times during the year just to see how he goes. So I love yeah. that. Black book him. Anything else, Booker? Ah, uh, mate, let's move on. Yeah, let's get into the fucking sexy teams. First up is the Eels. Uh, so they were the sixth overall Supercoach scoring team in 2021. They have the seventh best Strength of schedule in the finals, round 21 to 24, but they have the best, by far the best, strength of schedule in round 23 and 24. So that prelim and grand final have a a fantastic run. Uh, Gaines, Mitch Rain, Bailey Simonson, off contract, all bags. That's massive. Ryan Madison, that's massive. Um, You've also got Maker Sivo, he's got a player option in 23. Um, but yeah, Dil, Dil Brown and Ryan Madison. Ryan Madison especially. I love that because I feel like because they've let um, Isaiah Papali'i go, you know, they're going to be offering Ryan Madison something to stay in the club. And I think this is his one year that he can stamp his dominance on that right edge and really make a claim for a nice payday. Um, and I'm big on him anyway. But just to add on that, you know, he's in an off-contract year. I just fucking love that. Guru? Yeah, I've always loved Maddo. I just I worry if he's is on the outside a little bit there. Um, obviously, Isaiah Papali leaving is going to help his cause uh, to try and push forward at the Parramatta Eels. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just get a vibe that he might be a little bit um, offside there at Parramatta at the moment. I mean, if I'm wrong, which let's be honest here, isn't that fucking rare? Um, <laughs> Ryan Madison could be an absolute weapon for you. I've always been a huge fan of him, but. 
Yeah, I, I hear a lot of people t- talking him up like that. I am just a little bit hesitant. I I couldn't work out for the fucking life of me why he wasn't playing, you know, 80 minutes throughout last season. That, that's the only worry for me with him. Yeah, fair. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty flat the second rowers, and I think, yeah, they're just trying to trying to put minutes everywhere for, for each of them. But they had, they had Lane Cartwright, Buddy Papali'i, Maddo, all, all rotating through there. It was only because of the injuries in the front row that Papali'i got shifted across. So are we still on the uh, the call that Isaiah Papali'i will start the back row and rotate through the middle at some point during the game? I am, yeah, and I, he, he's, I've got the red sharpie through him. I think, once again, for name-wise, where are you going to get him? Uh, I just I, – I, I can't do it this year. Coming off a career-high year with a – you know, a decent contract elsewhere the year after. Can I ask you this? If you're, if you're sitting in round four, would you take Papali or Taumalolo? Oh, Papali. Yeah. Papali. Straight up. Yeah. Look, you, you, even even when Papali was playing through the middle, he was still averaging higher than um, Taumalolo. And he's already got the, the duel. And look, he does have the upside that I don't think Taumalolo does. Tell you what, fuck, fuck it worries me a guy that underachieved his whole career then just went bang and exploded and now he's got a contract mm. somewhere else the year after. That is a, as a hopefully yeah. I'm wrong, but it is a worry for me. Yeah. yeah it's, all, it's, a, it's a few red flags there, isn't it? So let me ask you this, Guru. Uh, so the back line, obviously, Sivo is going to be out for a while, so you would expect, is it going to be Dunster on the left or Simmonson? Probably Bailey Simmonson? Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I actually prefer Dunster to be on. To be honest with you, but I think Simmonson will be in the side somewhere. I, I was thinking the other day could could Simmonson potentially be a fourteen? He played that role for Canberra um, a couple of times. Uh, I, I see you, you. You you've got Ray Stone in your side there, who is leaving at the end of the season. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure where Simmonson quite fits into this side. I personally, I would prefer Hayes out there. Um, but I mean, there is the other other option. You could play Opachik in the centres, and you could play uh, Wonga Blake out on the wing too. Uh, so th- there's a few options there. I'm not exactly sure how it plays out. Um, I, I honestly, when I look at their side, I think Gutho and Penasini are the only two locks that I'm confident where they're going to play round one. As far as would, their, you, play, would you would you play Opachik on purpose? Yeah, mate. I really like Opachik. He's solid. He's consistent. You just you. You, you know what you're going to get. He, he, he's, he's, just, he's just solid. That's oh, all. mate, he's yeah. just... And yes, what... He's, he's your meat and potatoes. So no, he's, he's got nothing in attack. But, yeah. yeah. But he's like... like Wonga Blake is better than him on his day, but Wonga Blake is 10 times fucking worse than him when it's not his day. I just get... How many, a day how many days has Blake had? Well, that, that's the thing. Practice. That's the thing, mate. And I just... I'd rather the consistency of just knowing what I'm getting out of Opachik every week, personally. After oh, play. So... Will Penasini is going to get that right centre spot? Yeah, you'd have to assume so. I, I I can't see them leaving him out of this side. He's really interesting. He's a guy that I think people will look at his score. I, I think he had so much hype at the end of last season. People were so excited by him. And then I think the start of this year, people are going to go and look at his scores and go, oh, you know, 38, 49, 38. But... Mate, considering he only scored one try in all those games, he didn't have a heap of attacking stats. He averaged, what, 33 base stats. I reckon you can get good value on um, Penasini. He did well enough last year to stand out, but probably not well enough to stand out on a stats sheet, super coach wise I really like that little combo. 
no, it, it is looking nice um, for the Eels. And they always seem to be, you know, at the top of the ladder, super coach scoring-wise, and they have been for the last sort of three or four years. So there's definitely a lot of points to be had in this Eels side. And when you look at the team 1-13, to 13, I mean, there's a lot of guys that interest me um, for draft purposes. I mean big on Dylan Brown to have a bounce back season. I, I think that 53 average is base base value for what he's going to. And he doesn't have to do much to get a 60 average, so that sort of fills me he's with got confidence like three, as well. Three or four tries this last season and, and yeah, a, few, a few tries to boot. Like he's, he's definitely going to smash that next season. Yeah, easy, easy. I think Mitch Moses, uh, he'll be there about. I think he had a 58 mm. average. I think yeah, you're pretty happy to draft him at that 58 Yep, big on Will Penasini. Clint Gutherson is the man to start every season. I mean, last season he averaged mm. 90 over the first eight rounds. Yeah. Two years before that, he averaged 75, 80. He will fucking crush it to start the year. I'm not sure if it's because he comes in fitter than everyone else or, or what, or if it's a strength of schedule thing. I don't know. But it just seems that the first 10 rounds, he brains it. So he's a perfect guy that you know, you might pick up in your draft and then sell him high after those first seven or eight rounds. Can I ask you with Gutho, and I, I can't think of the top of my head where you guys had him on your draft list, but is he in your top 10, 15? Where, where, where was he sitting for you guys? Oh, he's, he's actually outside, just on the turn of um, round two and three. Yeah, so yeah, between like 19 to 20 something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I was just going to say, like, I quite often have people that send me team lists, uh, have, like, their, their, their top 10, and, and I often see him at 9, 10, 11, 12. I just, I like wow. Gutho. He's he's going to get you to the finals, but you're not going to win shit with him, in my opinion. 100%. Um, and, look, it's it's just going to be one of those things where you got to have those – you've got to get to the finals, so you wouldn't be – throwing the kitchen sink at him. But if you can get him in um, early round three, I think that's, that's a good pickup if you haven't picked up a, um, a, f- a fullback before them. Statistical stacks, though, um, an interesting one, a couple of guys that we were talking about before. So we've got uh, Will Panasini's got the second best finals strength of schedule. And then we've got Dylan Brown, who's got the fourth best. So both going to be on that right side, we're thinking. Yep. Yep. So it's, I think it's definitely going to be um, a decent one that you're not going to have to pay too much for with, with your draft picks. So other ones, it's going to be a bit dependent on how that um, back line, um, the back row, sorry, ends up, whether Papali actually spends a bit of time there. We're not really going to know that much, are we? No, I, I think you just have to wait and see what happens there. Mm. And that that's the only thing that worries me with these guys, I, you know, uh, I think we're confident that Paulo, Kim, Gillard, and, and Nathan Brown, we know that they'll be the, the middle three, but uh, between yeah, yeah. Cartwright, Sean Lane, Matto, Papali'i, I just, I don't know, it's just a little bit murky for me to go so early. Hopefully, you know, for people listening, you, your draft is after a few trials and, and you can get a little bit more of an idea, but yeah, it worries me a little bit. Are we um, are, are we higher on Junior Paulo since getting the captaincy? Does that sort of uh, does that sway anyone at all, or, or are we still sort of at the same point as we were last year with Paulo? I was going to ask you because he had a bit of a down year yeah. in in twenty one. I think what did he end up with like a fifty five average, um, and that's that's pretty low for him. Obviously, with his his ability to offload and, and tackle breaks as well. 
I'm not sure if you know the captaincy sort of helps his output. Um, I'd like to see his PPM go up, and I'd like to see a bit of that free-flowing footy from him this year. Um, I mean, I'm not big on front row forward, so I won't be looking at him. But, yeah, it, it might present value if he if he's taken on that 55 average. I mean, he's got all the potential in the world to be a 60-65 averaging front row forward. But we just saw exactly what happens when it doesn't go his way last year, right? Oh, mate, yeah. I, I mean... I remember last year I was talking to the bloke in my comp who had Junior Paulo and um, knows his super coach and everything. I remember we, we, we were sort of talking trades or something and he said, oh, I can't remember who I was throwing up, but he said, oh, I'll, I'll trade you for Junior Paulo. And I sort of went, Junior Paulo, are you fucking like, he, 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 he's, he's, he's pulling my dick here, surely. And then I thought, well, what the fuck am I missing here? And then I went and looked at his stats and it was at about round 11 or something. And mate, the four weeks before that, he hadn't gone over 40. And he, he'd scored yeah. two tries in the first two weeks. Like he, he had a period there where he really bummed out, and he sort of did at the back end of the season too. As you said, you know, a guy that could be a 65, 70 front rower, um, for the last five weeks, he went above 60 once uh, and went below 50 on two or three occasions. So, yeah, real worry. I just feel like there is the potential for whoever gets Junior Paulo to get a bit of value there, but it's it's probably not a guy. For, for where you're going to have to draft a front rower, uh, and we all know our rule on front rowers, which I imagine has been amplified this year. Do we all agree there? Oh, oh big time. Screaming it from the fucking hilltops. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't think I don't think there's going to be any change in the minutes. It's the PPM that's the issue. Like, he's he dropped the first time in four years, he's dropped below 1.1, which is still good. But, look, he... I just feel like there's there's too many bad signs to to not go there and not to spend that money when you spend that draft pick when you can spend it on something that you get a bit more value in that round. What are we talking like round five? Yeah, that's probably when yeah. people are starting to poke their head in mm. to these sort of you know the upper echelon for the front rowers. And there's there's no way I'm looking at a front row forward. Um, that has this many question marks around him um, in round five, that's for sure. Mate, I, I, I gotta tell you, uh, fuck, I'm not sure if I go a 55 average front rower in round five. No it's way. more the potential of what you, what he can do, because like you're saying, he he is the potential to be that 65 to 70 um, average player. I just can't see it happening. Yeah, it's a it's no. a big pump when you yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I think I'll just be be leaving Junior Polo this year. Mate, I, I, I don't know where he went in your comps last year, but I think he went round two or round three in my comp last year. Obviously, a pretty deep one, but people were very yeah. high on Junior Polo. I mean, the year before he came off a sixty-four average, which which is good without being you know sensational. Uh, it's it's not like Payne Haas sort of categories, but yeah, I, I just it doesn't tickle my fancy this year. Okay, well, the last thing I want to ask you, Guru, and sort of we copped a little bit of shit for this one, but where we had Reid Marnie placed in the hooker ranks, we had Connor Watson above him. Where do you see Reid Marnie going in the draft? Um, are you expecting him to replicate last year? Do you think at some point he's going to be rested? Are they going to start blooding another hooker? What do you think we're going to get from Reid Marnie this year? Yeah, Reid Marnie, um, I'm not sure how much value you get out of this guy just because he's leaving at the end of the year. And I don't know, there's obviously guys like Mitch Rain in the system. There's a Ray Stone. Uh, so I'm not 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly convinced. I read Marnie, um, as you guys said, you had Connor Watson ahead of him. I don't hate that, to be honest with you. It's risky. There's no doubt about it. But I think I'd rather have the upside um, of Connor Watson over that of Reid Marnie. Uh, you know what you're going to get with Reid. It's it's a 68-point average. I don't see that going up anymore. I can only really see that going down, to be honest with you. Uh, when you have a look at his season, I mean, the first six weeks he scored 300s. Um, didn't come up with another 100 after that. Only came up with one score over 80, essentially. So... Um, I'd love to know. I, I don't have the calculator in front of me, but I would assume that his average for the last, you know, probably eight weeks is probably well below 68. It, probably, it, it could be high, high 50s realistically. So he's a guy that I'm not overly keen on. I think I'll try and find a bit of value for Hooker somewhere else. Where, where do you blokes sit on him? Yeah, not, not terribly big on him. I mean, you sort of hit the nail on the head there. I'm sort of looking at him value-wise, those sort of high 50s, maybe 60, definitely not 68. Um, I am worried about him getting rested at times, and he's one of those players that needs 80 minutes every week to be super coach relevant. And if mm. someone starts eating into those minutes and you've spent, what, a round three pick on him, then you're going to be fucking pissed. And I don't yeah. want to be that person. And, and when Hooker's so, so thin, people might be drafting him at the back end of round two, and well, that's just craziness. Yeah, I'm... He's not there at the ne- at, at the start of next like next season, so yeah, I just can't see that that working. I mean, um, at, at yeah. the same time, that could be his one advantage that the hooker they're bringing in isn't in the system at the moment. Ray Stone is leaving, mm. so I mean, there's arguments both sides, but it's just a risk that I'd rather not take on a round three, round four uh, sort of guy. As Wilk said, I, I I'm pretty sure he goes round three just based off name mm. and position realistically oh yeah and people will be drafting based on his average last season in fact yeah. like, that's that is high for a um for a hooker and there's not too many good ones i think there's probably eight eight well maybe even six quality hookers he's just on that fr- on that on that edge i think he's probably number six and mate when you have a look you at his it. last eight games he went sub 50 in i think six of them mm. gross and and like you it, Another guy that I thought had the same sort of like back end of the season was Buddy Braley. I mean, he's injured now, yep. but yeah, he started off the season so fucking strong, didn't he? And you got to anyway. think that like round three for Reed Marnie, if you take him round, that means we've got blokes like, you know, we had Luke Carey in round three, there's Sam Walker, TPJ is going to be early round three. Like, mate, there's no way I'm taking Reed Marnie over any of these blokes. Yeah, yeah I, it's much I think, more value to be had. Yeah, we're, we're only talking Reed Marnie there because he's a dummy half, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, all right, so for Black Book Guru, the main guy that I can see here that you sort of want to put in there is Will Penasini. I mean, everyone's talking about him. I'm not even sure that that is worth a Black Book. He's probably, you know, I mean, it is towards the back end of your, your draft, and I think there is value there, but I can't really see anyone else poking their head through. Um, anyone else you want to put in there? No, not really, mate. Um, like they're, they're, There's good, talented guys in this system, but I just don't think they're going to get a chance. The forward pack is stacked. They've got so many backs there. I just, I mean, one of Opachik, Wonga, Blake, Hayes, Dunster's going to miss this side, maybe even two of them when they're fully fit. So I just don't think... It, uh, 
yeah, I, I just can't see anyone breaking out from, from the 17 into the 13. I know that obviously Isaiah Papali'i did last year, but I think he's uh, the exception, not the example. Um, yeah, I think this side sort of stays as it is for the vast majority of the year. I, I would argue that this is probably one of the hardest teams to get into. Uh, as much as they're not the best team, I think they're pretty set in stone how they're going to look, though. Yeah, no, I agree. How do you, how do you see the Eels going in 2022, sort of overall? Because I'm quite big on them. I think they can make a run for the top four. Yeah, I, and they'll finish fifth and no one will be fucking shocked. I've just got more of the same. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Finishing fifth in this competition is a really good knock. Um, it just seems to be where Parramatta is every single year so depending on how you want to look at that it's great they're finishing fifth but I yeah mate even if they make the top four I'm not overly convinced that they can win a grand final you know if they're like I think it's their last preseason leading into a season with a genuine chance until the rebuild so obviously Reed Barney Reed Barney goes next season if they can't get a quality hooker um, I think they'll be looking at a rebuild the year after because mm. oh, well, got, it's, there's going to be a bit of a refresh in the in the squad. I think more tough times ahead for the Parramatta Eels fans. Can I can I ask you before we move on them off them? Uh, where do you take Micah Sivo if he if he's there? Obviously, a guy that won't return till mid season. Oh, yeah. Fifty five average sort of guy, uh, pretty low base, but we know that he can just score tries left, right, and center on his day contract season yeah it's and, and I mean a, even when he scores a try he can still score 45 or 50 but there are those days where we know he can score two three four tries um, I think you guys said they have a pretty good run for the back end of the season when the competition matters Sivo uh, could be a, a high little upside guy he is I do have a blanket rule though don't draft guys coming back from ACLs mm. Mid season, especially wingers, especially that that type of that type of power and stepping and stuff like that. I just don't. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. He, he's obviously a power player rather than like full stepping and stuff. But yeah, it's it might be a bit of a challenge for him. What about you, Guru? What, what's your thoughts on him? Where would you take him, mate? To, to be honest with you, I haven't thought about him at all all preseason. I actually forgot until I I read your notes that he'd even done an ACL and he wouldn't be there. So. I mean, I, I kind of like taking a punt on guys like that, but there's no doubt, you know, what you guys have said, that plays a role. He's just the sort of guy that I think if they have got a good run by the back end of the season, even if he's not 100%, I mean, would anyone be shocked if in the four weeks of finals he scores eight tries? I think he's just got that that, that sort of caliber of upside. But the injury is definitely something you need to consider. You also need to consider that you're giving away um, a spot on your roster uh, until the back end of the season. I, you know, if you're going to carry someone for the whole year not playing, I don't mind it being a CTW. To be honest with you, um, maybe that's a bit of old school thinking still. But yeah, I, I, he's one that we, he, he's a very me pick. Just quietly, it's like, it's well, like if it's a, a you pick, then stay away from him. Then yeah, yeah he's like a noiser. Um, he's like a diet fucking semi retrata. But um, yeah. I was, I'm not, I'm not looking at him personally, but look, value is value. If he if he slips to like round nine or ten, it's, it might be a bit hard to pass it up. That's true. That's true. Value is value. All right, boys, let's move on to the Panthers. So, Panthers, just what a season from them. They were the third overall best scoring Supercoach side. Their 
Finals is absolute dog shit for strength of schedule. That's yeah. the 15th best strength of schedule from round 21 to 24. Gains, no one off contract, no one. Um, but the big thing for the Panthers is how, how's this back line going to uh, sort of iron out towards the end of round, or the start of round one. Um, and Walker and I talked about this guru in the CTW podcast talking about Isaac Tago and where he fits into this side. Does he come into the left center spot um, and take up that prime real estate outside Jerome Luai? Or do they keep Stephen Crichton over there on the right? Because the way that I sort of view it is if you brought Tago in on the right, and then I'm sure that May gets a spot over Shitstains because Shitstains is exactly that, a Shitstain. I can't, I can't see him making this side. Then all of a sudden on the right edge, you've got two rookies. But if you let Tago go over to the left and have Crichton on the right, that sort of splits them up a bit. What are your thoughts on this? Because I'm really big on Isaac Tago, and I, I believe you are as well, Guru. And I just want to see what your opinion is, is where these guys will line up if they get the shot. Mate, I'm pretty confident Tago will line up at left centre. I think they'll keep Stephen Crichton at right centre. Um, I think Taylor May, he, he's going to shit into the right wing. Um, mate, I, I honestly think Taylor May and, and Isaac Tago, oh, fuck, I, I reckon someone in each competition will go really early on them and the room will go, oh, my God, what the fuck? And I think both will pay dividends, to be honest with you. Um, Tago okay. especially, I am very, very high on. He's a guy that... I think you're going to get so much fucking upside out of him. It's not even funny playing 80 minutes. Um, you go and have a look at yeah, you know, yeah. his highlights and stuff from New South Wales Cup. He's going to dominate. He played left centre the entire last season down there. He is going to be an absolute weapon for me playing out there in that back line. Jerome Luai, Viliami Kikau himself and Brian Toto. Um, if he's a top 10 CTW, I won't be shocked in the slightest at the end of the season. Black book him. Yeah. Love it. All around Love that. And we saw how Luai uses his left center last year with Burton. I mean, Burton was the highest try scoring center in the game. Um, and Luai was just dishing it up on, on a silver platter for Burdo pretty much every game. So if that's the game he's going to play, Tago's got all the skill in the world, young, bulletproof. Um, you know, we've seen the stats from, from New South Wales Cup. He's got plenty of tackle breaks, even a nice little try assist in him as well. Um, I think it's going to be better for To'o's game as well. You don't want Crichton inside To'o because Crichton just doesn't pass the ball. So for that left edge, holistically, it's just going to be fantastic for super coach points. Yeah, I, I love Taylor May too. I, I, I think he could be anything. I'm Yeah, I, I just can't see Staines getting near this side. Um, Black Book-wise, another team that's hard to get into. I don't think you'll see too many changes, but if they have a couple of injuries, just a couple of back rolls to keep an eye on. The first one is uh, Preston Ricky. Uh, he's come down from the Redcliffe Dolphins up there in the Q Cup. He's a guy to keep an eye on. And also... Uh, MG's young bloke, Maverick Geyer, one of the great rugby league names of all time. Uh, keep an eye on him. Yeah, He's a second rower that. with really good attacking upside. I think he'll be uh, very super coach generous if he gets an opportunity. But that's only if they have a deep injury run. But if they end up like, like the Chooks last year or something, uh, keep an eye on those two in the second row. Yeah, nice. That's a nice, deep black book play there. We'll go, what are we talking about here when we're looking at statistical stacks anything that we can look at for the finals i mean like with the finals you kind of hit the nail on the head with the run in the finals it's 
fucking awful. So, like, uh, from a team perspective, they've got the second worst strength of schedule through rounds 21 to 24. And, look, paper through, you've got a couple that are, like, mid midway through. But, I mean, most of the team, most of the positions will have, I know, strength of schedule of 13th or 14th. So, there's nothing really there from a statistical point of view to stack. But, I mean... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A bit of a one-two stack of like Toto and whoever's, whoever ends up being inside him might be a decent play. Also, um, maybe uh, Liam Martin as well. He's he's always bit of a, he's got a bit more solidity um, without Capel in the team. He's going to have more minutes um, playing on that edge. So yeah, I'm, he's definitely one that I'm looking at. Well, I reckon yeah, he's going to be a bit really of a like trap. Luai and Tago um, stack, to be honest. Uh, now that I've been, I've been talking about it, and it's it's definitely a stack you can get over the line. I think Luai is going to slip in drafts, and I mean you're going to get Tago for for fucking peanuts towards the back end of the draft. So I love stacking those two together. Uh, yeah, boys, I've sort of got Liam Martin as a bit of a trap for me. I know a lot of people are very high on him heading into uh, season 2022. I just, I, I've got people messaging me saying he's going to be, you know, a 60, you know, potentially 65 average second rower. I, the, the stats just don't back it up for me. Uh, there will be weeks where he scores tries and he does incredibly well outside Nathan Cleary. There's no doubt there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he still finishes with a you know, a 50, 55 average, which is still great. There's no doubt about that. But I think people are sort of anticipating a 65 kind of point scoring guy. And I just don't see it happening personally. I totally agree. I think he's definitely sort of, yeah, I'll probably draft him at a 55, but I think people are expecting this sort of 60, sort of high 60, low 60s um, from him with that real estate outside Cleary. He's just not that type of player. Um, yeah, he's going to get through you know a lot of base work. He's going to put his hand up for a lot of runs, but it's just all going to be base. There's going to be very little attacking upside there. You might you don't, see you don't, you don't think the average minutes going up from 58 from our season? Uh, well, if you actually go in and you look at the games that he played 80 minutes, it's nothing to really get excited about. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. When he does play 80 minutes, they're not like uh, just 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 going through the list now. I mean, 80-minute games, he's got mm. a 75-minute game for 45. He's got an 80-minute game for 43. He's got a 76-minute game for 53. He's got an 80-minute game for 52. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just don't no, see him being as good as what people say. But in saying that, you know, if you like Walk and you do back this guy in, he's in the sort of position where he he could score ten tries this year outside Nathan Cleary. I probably don't think he will, but I think he's got the potential to be able to do that. So for me, it's a pass. But as we always say in Supercoach, if you've got a gut feel that a guy's going to score a heap of meaties, I mean, it's it's not a bad ploy, but it's it's a pass from me. 
Back here, get him in, get him in, brother. I reckon. Look, for, for a guy for a guy who attacks the line and runs as good lines as he does, I would have thought that he'd score more tries than three last season. Yeah, I just feel like there's there's more to give from, more, more to get from him. And look, it's he, look, he's not going to be high on my list, but I think 49 average for the last season. I think you'll be getting him for a bit of value. And look, yeah, people are going to be talking him up a little bit, but. He's going to slip in a few drafts for sure from where he should be should be taken, and I think that's a fifty-five average. I think I think the big story from the Panthers coming out of this chat is May and Tago. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm I want to be walking walking away with one of them, and hopefully it's Isaac Tago. I'm big on him. I love him. Get him up here. I want to woof him. It's going to be really interesting in every single competition because I'm sure everyone in the back of their mind is thinking I'll get one of Tago or May. Um, yep. I'll tell you what it's, it, uh, and I'm 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 sure Wook we'll, we'll will talk about it, but it's one hell of a stack if you can get your hands on Tago and Brian Toto. I mean, if yeah. especially if you're if you're late round one and you end up with a Brian Toto, I think Tago is close to a must have for you. Yeah, especially when you're talking season long. Like, I mean, you're going to be you're going to be pretty insulated from low scores in the finals with Toto. But through the season, you're going to have some some fucking epic scores coming through that stack. So, yeah, it's definitely one. Like I'll be looking at at, at doing that stack if I've got the opportunity. I'm probably not because someone's if unless you're going to be mid. Um, where do, where do you see Toto going? It's probably a good question for you, Guru. Um, for me, I probably have Toto going a little bit high. Like. When when I look at the Panthers, um, I think, you know, like if I'm late round one and Angus Crichton is sitting there, personally, I would go Toto before him. And I know for some yeah. people that might be a little bit unpopular, but I just, as much as I, I just don't think he can win a comp with like an Angus Crichton or a Clint Gutherson, whereas I think a Toto just sitting in the right spot at the right time, uh, it could be anything. I, I, I know you said that their, their run home isn't great, but if you can find a way to get to the grand final and it's round 25, they play the Cowboys there, and around 24, they do play the Warriors. Now, the reason why, why, why you guys are down on them in the run home is because they've got Panthers and the Rabbitohs before that, which is 100% a fair shout. That's a shit fight. But, mate, if you can find a way to just fist your way through that and you've got the Warriors and the Cowboys after that, I, I, I really like a Brian To'o and Isaac Tago grab there. So, To'o, I wouldn't... I wouldn't push back on on getting him late round one, even around like the 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 ten eleven sort of pick. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, we we had him pegged at around about what was it thirteen fourteen sort of pick, Natty. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, a couple of picks below that, but yeah. I mean, there's so many people that have come back and um and rinsed us for not having him in the top ten. Yeah, it's just a, it, it's a. It's a throwback from, um, from from all those all those years of Supercoach, not wanting to um, to spend picks on the fucking CGW. Yeah, and and I still think there's a massive hangover with a lot of people in that category, and that's where I think yeah. there is going to be value in Toto and probably Ruben Garrick as well. Um, as much as I'd rather be in the top four, if you end up getting either of those two guys at pick twelve to fifteen, geez, I think I'd be pretty happy with that. Mate, yep. it, it, there was a there was a question that came through to us on the CTW podcast. One bloke was like, "I'm leaving CTWs until round nine. Yeah, that's fucking. Bad. At your at your peril, mate. At your peril. Well, like, it's it, unit. It's not like it's not 2016 anymore. Like Jesus Christ, poor bloke yeah, didn't have a TV was... last year. 
Can I just throw one in the spanner quickly? I was talking to a mate the other day. Is there a world, if say in my comp, in a 14-man comp, if you are pick 13 or 14, is there a world where you could go back-to-back to o Ruben Garrick? 100%. I would. I would, I would, I would like in a league that deep, 100%. Because, look, you're, you, if you don't at least get yourself to the... the um, the grand final, mate, you'd be throwing up some big scores. You'd be throwing up some real big scores. Yeah. But both of those both of those guys can definitely build on the average of their last season. Oh, like sure. Toto yeah. can Toto didn't score anywhere near as many tries as he could have because he had like one of the highest try scoring like um centers inside of him in Burton. Like you, you put a guy who's actually going to catch and release, holy shit. Like yeah, I, I feel like there's huge, huge potential for growth for Tyo. Um, I was, I was less keen on him when everyone was expecting Crichton to move across, but shit, I've, I've got a bit of more Tyo love than I did last week. That's for sure. Mm, the old, that's a stack right there, isn't it? The, oh the two my best God. CTWs in the game. You, you, you're walking into to the pub with your dick swinging. You, you you leave yourself very open for um for a league that deep and not having a hooker or five eight for the first two picks because yeah whew, it's it's a bit both of them are very very shallow um yeah. but fuck you've got pretty much the highest of the high ceilings that's for sure it's good sexy play I don't mind it mm. fuck um all right boys let's let's keep on moving through and fist yes. our way through as as guru eloquently said before i love that i like to fist my way through the tough stuff yep. um yep. we've got the bunnies next boys so they were the best super coach scoring side in 2021 they've got the ninth best final strength of schedule for around 21 to 24 um Gains, no one of noteworthy there off contract. No one really. I mean, the source, Tane Mill and Jackson Paulo. Um, so a couple of boys there that might be playing for their, their next big contract. Probably more specifically Jackson Paulo there. Um, just interesting with the back line. Obviously, everyone's, it's hashtag fucking Campbell Graham watch at the moment. Everyone's flipping mm. out about what edge he's going to be on. Cause, and, and so should they should be because if he's on the left, he could be, you know, uh, the best center in the game. And, and he's definitely a top five CTW in our books if he's on the left there. But I'll flip it over to you, Guru. What's your thoughts on this back line? How do you think it's going to uh, sort of work out uh, i've seen photos of media days with south it looks like source is going to get a wing spot it looks like jackson paulo is going to get the other center spot but which side does campbell graham play mate i'll tell you what i think my favorite part of the entire nrl season is when photo days come around and you've got second rowers best. and centers wearing three four eleven and twelve and everyone just goes into complete <laughs> fucking panic stations which which number is which it's like You've been watching the game your entire fucking life. Have you never noticed which side of the field the fucking numbers are on? Everyone just yeah. loses their fucking mind. It's unreal. I I agree with everything you just said. Campbell Graham, I would have him at left center. I've said that for a long time. Uh, I would have even had him there last year, to be honest with you. As good as Gagai was, I still think Campbell Graham could have had more upside. But I think with just the continuity of the side, they probably will play them on the right. Everyone that I talk to from South Sydney says the same thing. So... Uh, unfortunately, I think Graham stays on the right, but 
Yeah, I, me and Kempi were talking about this the other day, and like he, he said it best, very simply, you've got your best commodity at right centre when all your football goes to the left. Why it just mm. makes, it just doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. sense. Yeah, I, I the other yeah. centre, I, I think Jackson Paulo will probably be in front. There's a couple of guys that have been thrown up as Smokies too. This Isaiah Tass, he's one that I've heard South Sydney people talk about. Even uh, Terrell, I think it's pronounced Kalo Kalo. He's another one to keep an eye on, uh, a young guy that could potentially grab that spot, but you would have to assume it'll be one of Tane Milne or Jackson Paulo. Um, Mansour, is he is he done? Are we even if he gets a spot? Are we excited about Mansour again? Or I mean, he just looks so fucking slow to me last year. Yeah, he, when he did when he did fill in on on the left, like he was a try scoring machine. But they have so many attacking, uh, like attacking raids on that left side that fuck. You could have put Natty there. You could have put me there. We would have scored a few tries. So maybe not you. But, uh, <laughs> mate, I run over the top of you. Um, and <laughs> and did, leaving me um, off that list too. Great look, it's, yeah, I, I feel like yeah. I think he's gonna he's gonna train the house down all that sort of stuff. I think he's gonna do a job. But he's not going to be that 65 or even 60 average player. He's got a lot of work um, in him, so he'll he'll get you a 50 to 55 average. But I mean, he's going to be pretty high on a lot of um, pre-draft lists, and he's going to go a lot sooner than you want to take him. Yeah, just, just oh, having please, a look through what that. What about what about Jackson Paulo? If what you're saying is right, Guru and Jackson Paulo is the left center, are we big on him? Yeah, I'm just getting his stats up now as we talk. I thought Jackson Paulo was good last year. Uh, off the top of my head, he's but yeah, his base isn't great. Uh, an average of 19 base stats. That's on the wing, so at centre, uh, you'd probably assume that drops down a little bit. Um, uh, he's not one for me, especially if he's playing. Uh, I don't know if he's playing left centre. I, I guess he scores more tries, but it's not like he didn't score many tries last year. He scored one, two. Uh, he scored six tries in, in what, um, nine games. So didn't have a bad strike rate, finished with an average of 43 mm-hmm. points. So um, it's probably not one that I can go near realistically. Um, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's probably one of the better positions in the league, though, to be put in that left left centre position at the Bunnies. Are, are you confident he holds it, though? Not, no. I think I, I think there's going to be a bit of a shootout with Tane Milne. Surely Tane Milne gets a gets a shot. Yeah, I, mate, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson Paulo is one of the uh, more overdrafted guys in 2022. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if, if like the first few trials he does play that left center, he is definitely going to be one of the overdrafted players. Yeah, I think so. Mm, interesting. Oh, let, let's make our way into the um, into the front row and the back row here. I'm super, super excited about Jai Arrow on the edge. Mm. Um, I think he's going to be great value, especially front row forward, 2RF eligible. Uh, I think he's going to slip in, in drafts. I think he's going to be a handy player that you're going to have on your side. I love Keon Kolomatangi. I thought he was fantastic at the back end of the season last year, sort of averaging 60 to 64, I'm pretty sure, off the top of my head. Another guy that I'm interested to see sort of what his minutes sort of play out at and how his PPM go is Tavita Totola, or the beast who ate Tavita Totola, because that motherfucker is huge at the moment. 
Yeah. Guru, yeah. are you on, on any of those blokes? Yeah, I, I, I've probably got to sit down and have a bit of a deeper look into them. I think for all of them, you have the Wayne Bennett factor. Um, it's weird with Wayne Bennett, isn't it? Like, he always gets the absolute best out of forwards from a rugby league sense, but they tend to eat shit from a super coach sense. I, I don't know how to how to sort of work it out. Um, yeah, Jai Arrow is interesting. Uh, on the pine, are we expecting him to play eighty minutes out there? Is is that the expectation that, that you guys have got? I don't know about eighty minutes. I'm happy if he gets around that sixty to sixty-five, and I think eighty minutes is a cherry on top because um, I, I believe he can still punch out um, a sixty average if he gets sixty minutes. And I think there's probably there's almost certainly going to be some rotation with hosts. Like, I mean, there's going to be rotation with hosts between Arrow, Murray, and him. Look, they're probably going to throw out like Sale or uh, I mean Burgess as well. Probably rotate through the middle for a bit. So yeah, I feel like he's going to get rested a little bit, but um, he's just got a little bit of threat in him um, in attack. Arrow, Nadia, as yeah, you said with uh, with uh, Colum and Tungy, like good God, when you look at his numbers, sixty average, and he only scored three tries. God, it's tempting to go. He's got to do better, but. Fuck, I'm not sure if he does outside Cody Walker still. He just fucking hates using that edge back rower, doesn't he? No, and I'm I'm not going to draft Keon Kalmatangi with the hope that Cody Walker all of a sudden starts yeah. using him. I'm pretty happy with the work rate that Keon gets gets or has and the work that he gets through. He puts his hand up for base, tough stuff. Quality base, base to work really from. Good. Yeah. Uh, and I just think anything on top of that is just a plus. Um, I think you can you can get a sixty average out of him, no worries. And then maybe they do start leaning on him a little bit more. Obviously, with a couple of changes in the back line, a couple of these young blokes coming in, maybe they start using him. And if that happens, you know you've won the lotto. But I'm not expecting it when I draft him. I mean, when you have a look at their side now, like from memory for me, he scored the vast majority of his tries when Benji Marshall came on and was on the field and used him a little bit more. I mean. He could go sub three tries next year and still average um, 60-odd points for me. I, I, I really do like him, but, geez, it's it's tough when you get a, a back row and a really good side and, and, and that they are going to lack that, that that little bit of upside, you know, the potential to go 80, 90, 100. I mean, in saying that, he, he did still do it a few times, didn't he? Yeah. Especially at the back end of the season. Yeah, fair yeah. fuck. Oh, so, and one one guy I'm excited about. I'm I'm a fucking cookie monster. Yeah, I'm all about cook this season. Like I I feel like with um they're going to lack a bit of go forward. They're going to lack getting in the good areas. They're going to rely a bit on that punch through the middle. And I think the one two punch that they've got potential with Murray and Cook. I think there's there's going to be a bit in that this season. A bit more than we've seen before. And even Cook himself has come out and said that um, he's he's put in his pocket some of the attack that um, he would normally have had. I feel like it opens him up a little bit. What, what are your thoughts on that, Guru? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind the shout. I just, it's very, uh, mate. You, you you could be a hundred percent spot on. I don't agree with anything you said, but I'm not I'm not confident that that's exactly how it plays out. For where, once again, he's a hooker. With a big name, with Wayne Bennett leaving, I think there'll be a lot of content creators pushing that same sort of narrative, and I, I just don't think it's set in stone for me. Uh, once again, not saying that I, I disagree with you. You could be spot on, but um, 
it's probably not enough for me to go down the Cook Avenue where I'll have to go down the Cook Avenue. Uh, but I probably won't push back on anyone that does, you know. Where's the, where's the earliest you take him? I've actually never been or? a huge Damien Cook fan, to be honest with you, as far as Supercoach yeah. goes. So I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. But round three for me, but, mate, like in my comp, if he gets past pick 28, I'll eat my fucking hat, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. I'm pretty happy with him in round two, sort of mid to late round two. I think there's value there. We're pretty big on him, Guru. We think, you know, his game is probably going to have to step up a little bit from last season. Obviously... His delivery out of dummy half was, you know, pretty much the main thing that he had to do last year and get these halves the ball quick and early. I think they'll probably be a team that goes through the middle a little bit more. I think Cam Murray is going to be brought into the game. We know that when Cam Murray plays well, that Damian Cook plays well off the back of that. So it's going to be very interesting. I think he'll be the second highest averaging hooker behind Harry Grant mm-hmm. at the end of 2022. Yep, fair shout. Got a fucking pick a hill, haven't you? Yeah, it's, uh, and I mean, mate, it, it, it's not a bad one to die on, to be honest with you. If you're right, I yeah. won't be shocked in the slightest. I just, um, yeah, he's just not a gamble that I'm willing to take. Now, anyone else you want to talk about in the bunnies here before we shut down part three of the Black Book? No, nah, there's a, there's those two guys that I mentioned before. Um, I, I I think Ilias will be an interesting one as well. Um, I was about I, to mention him, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be overly super coach uh, friendly. I, I could be wrong on that, but we saw him play one game last year. It's only a small sample size. Uh, he scored a try in that and came up with 39 points against the Dragons. So um, I haven't done a deep dive into his cup stats and whatnot, but... I just, uh, I, I just when, when I look at the halfback role and how Adam Reynolds went there last year and the points that he scored and he's one of the best goal kickers in rugby league, Ilias obviously won't be doing that. It just seems like a no-go for me, but fuck the halfback ranks. They are pretty grim this year. So, I mean, if you can get a 45 out of him and you get him late, um, I'd be happy with that. But I've just got a feeling someone... We'll go a little bit earlier on him just being desperate for a seven, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty unfair to, to expect big things out of him coming into this side. Yeah. So young um, with the experience that he has. But look, if you can partner him up with another halfback and, and he's your depth and someone you can have on your bench, I don't mind that. Um, you know, the more players you can get that are in positions lacking in depth, they're just going to drive the blokes in your league absolutely fucking bananas that you've got you know, double of a, a position that they haven't got any of. So yeah, I don't yeah. want that play, the greedy play, you know, stack up on positions that are lacking in depth. But yeah, not expecting big things from him. I'll tell you what, if your grand final is in round 24 um, and you'll pick five or six, you've got to be happy taking um, Latrell Mitchell there, don't you, with a, with a, with a grand final clash against the Cowboys. Um, that could be very oh, okay. juicy for you. Yeah, we've got we've got Latrell at a clear pick six. Yeah, um, and the only reason we moved Harry Grant up to five is just because the hooker spot is just so dire. Yeah, but I, I can't begrudge anyone that takes Latrell at pick five either. Even with those first few games out. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, you're not winning, winning premierships in April, are you? No. All right, boys. Good hit out. Um, you know. Cowboys plus three teams that are really interesting to talk about. <laughs> Fuck the Cowboys. Um, but as always, Guru, thanks for coming on, mate. We've got one more part um, of the black book to go. 
and then uh, we might ha- get you back on to talk about a little bit of draft day and might tidy up our thoughts after the trials on you know anything that's changed um, uh, is there guys that have popped up in the trials that we're new on um, just sort of put a bow tie on this preseason uh, leading into the Supercoach draft season for 2022 Mate it feels like it was about a month ago since we spoke about the Cowboys doesn't it? Oh no it's been a long night Fuck. It's, probably, it's probably for the best to be fair <laughs> Yeah. No thank you boys oh, appreciate brother. it always and yeah I'll uh, catch up with you more in the off season anyway Thanks bro Absolute ledge. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.